It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Old Men Yellow Cloud. I'm Christopher Brown, and I'm joined as always by Patrick Barry. I already know. And Jim Schultz. <laughs> oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about Radiohead's fourth album, 2000's Kid A. I'm pretty excited to talk about this. It's probably one of my top five all-time favorite albums, which fluctuates a little bit depending on season, mood, but this one is usually the one that spends the most time this at the This is top. the one that Tom York wrote after he had a, a long stint in Canada, and then he was just like, he'd point at a kid and go... Kid, hey. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> that was, that today, was great. <laughs> today we have a very special guest, a uh, member of kick-ass bands from the area such as Banana Brownie and Exhaler, uh, Jim Connolly. Jim, how you doing? Hi. Oh, I'm good. Guys, let me, let me kick this off the right way, okay? <laughs> I was on a flight the other day, and there was this movie on, and it was fucking killing. It had... Um, oh, we already heard this story from Jim. Yeah, it had... The story uh, with where he's on the plane. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think it's the same one because it had Ed Apparently Helm. Apparently, gyms have cool stories. Oh, <laughs> and uh, Owen Wilson, and I was just dying, dying. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Oh, okay. He was setting no, it I, up so that he was the guy. Yeah. Oh, I ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Shit, you did. <laughs> Fucked up. All right, can we start this over? I don't even know. I don't even know what the name of the movie was. It was just so good. <laughs> that worked out better than I had planned. Jim, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's good. <clears throat> Not you. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jim. Oh. I'm not sorry for you. Oh, what did I do? Nothing. That's why I'm not you sorry. just continue to be. <laughs> I didn't say that. You didn't have to. You know what? All right. For the remainder of this episode, you need to refer to the two gyms as thing one thing two. No, kid A and kid B, obviously. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, this is a good album. Glad you picked it. Yeah, for All sure. Right. All right. So anyway, uh, let's start with a bit of a background. Uh, so in 97, Radiohead released their third album, OK Computer. It was received with unanimous praise and to this day is considered one of the best albums, if not the best album of the 90s. Extensive touring followed and the notoriously awkward and reclusive members of the band felt largely ill at ease with the heaping amounts of praise and newfound sycophant hangers on that followed. Ew. Yeah. Additionally, a new wave of bands aping their sounds, such as Muse and Travis, began having hits, and Radiohead singer Tom York found himself wanting to sound nothing like them, and more to the point, <laughs> nothing like himself. <laughs> so, amidst bouts of writer's block in fighting and avoiding the public eye whenever possible, Radiohead began recording what would become Kid A in January of 1999 in Paris. York, the band's primary songwriter, had several parts of songs completed, but very little in the way of completed ideas. Reworkings of songs already debuted live were attempted in a number of ways, with songs such as True Love Waits, Follow Me Around, How to Disappear Completely and Never Be Found Again, were tracked with varying degrees of experimentation. York began leading the band in a direction focusing heavily on drum machines and sequencers, which the rest of the band initially met with some resistance. Bassist Colin Greenwood feared some awful art rock nonsense just for its own sake, so it looks like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. The band had to accept that not every member would play on every song, which caused conflict. Guitarist Ed O'Brien said, it's scary, everyone feels insecure. I'm a guitarist and suddenly it's like, well, there are no guitars on this track. 
The band moved to Copenhagen in March for a change of pace and scenery, and began work on over 12 hours worth of music, though none would be completed for some time. By July, the sessions had moved to their native England, and O'Brien began keeping a diary published regularly on Radiohead's website detailing the recording process. The band and producer Nigel Godrich at last grew comfortable with the new songs they were recording, as well as their new approach. Johnny Greenwood found himself experimenting with synthesizers and antique Antmontner keyboard, while uh, drummer Phil Selway managed to feel equally comfortable programming a drum machine or playing behind his kit. Recording was completed in April, and the album was released on October 2nd, 2000, to extreme reviews. Many sources praised the change in direction for the band, which they considered to be both bold and successful. Other outlets bemoaned the lack of what they considered to be songs. So I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this next bit, but this is uh, this is something I remembered from the time, and I had to do some digging to actually find evidence that this is the case, but it, it, it absolutely was. Notably, Rolling Stone <laughs> published an article entitled, Kid A to Zzzz. A Radiohead reactionary, featuring such clever lines as A is for arse, which Kid A is a load of, (laughs) and F is for fartsy, as an artsy fartsy. F is also for fans, but since Radiohead don't care about them, why should we? Oh, Oh, man. Wow. Shots fired. Hot take. Rolling Stone has long since deleted the article from their site, but the Internet <laughs> Archive remembers. Oh, it yes. always does. <laughs> <laughs> so the following year, Radiohead released a number of other tracks from the sessions for their fifth album, Amnesiac, and embarked on a world tour to promote both albums. Many of the songs from these recording sessions would later appear on other albums, uh, such as There There, Nude, Up on the Ladder, Morning Mr. Magpie, and Burn the Witch, uh, were all recorded during those sessions and have appeared on Radiohead albums as recently as two, uh, 2016. Retrospective reviews of Kid A are nearly unanimous, so to quote Rolling Stone, N is for number one. Number two, more like. Yeah, because <laughs> of, of duties. Yeah, yeah, this guy gets it. Yeah, I do get poop. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I do get poop. You know why? Because everybody poops, Patrick. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know if it was because you were going to say you took a shit during this album as well. I did not, actually. <laughs> I only urinated. And it was it was thick, but I... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it smelled like maple syrup. I should probably get that checked out, right? Yes, I would see a doctor. Or right. a cop. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's start going around the horn here. Uh, favorite song, Patrick, what do you got? Uh, you know what? My favorite track uh, is probably a, a total pleb answer, but optimistic. Just uh, it's the first. It's actually the first Radiohead song I fell in love with. Uh, I am I a total. I'm a total late bloomer Radiohead fan. I didn't really get into them until uh, around in Rainbows, actually, uh, and around the time I, I had heard that record and, and that came out, a friend of mine was uh, playing Kid A, and I remember hearing Optimistic and being like, "What the fuck is that?" I, I didn't. Uh, I love the uh, the line in that song. This one drops a payload. Fire for the animals. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite. Yeah, lines it, it, in it a just, radio it's just song. a really like it's a really aggressive, just like toothful song. I think it, there's there's a lot of great lines in that one too. It the, really the, is. This one came out of the swamp. I always liked. Yeah, um, I feel Reminds like it, me like P, um, Ed, Ed O'Brien actually. I think in his journal said that it was like a PJ Harvey song, which um, I kind of agree with. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that. I feel like it was Tom's uh, strongest vocal por- performance on the album. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it definitely felt like uh, that, like the first sort of indication that this is actually Radiohead post right. uh, OK Computer. Right. Like I said, it's kind of like a half remembered memory of Radiohead, but through a cold and lonely lens, staring down from the moon. <laughs> uh, I really like how the, the clean <laughs> guitars. 
Listen what? to Mr. Yates over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like how the, the clean guitars and toms are, like, just really aggressive in this way that you wouldn't expect it. Like, the, you know, it just, like, has this really rockin' driving rhythm to it, despite the sort of uh, unconventional uh, aesthetic of it. Yeah, I like the tom, the tom rhythm, too. Uh, Johnny's lead guitar during the chorus is pretty sick, too. That queen guitar. If the yeah. I was noticing how um, at the end of that line, like some other shit fades in. I think it's like synth and vocals or something to like complete the line. Mm-hmm. And I never noticed that before. And it's it's awesome. It's a very satisfying line. Yeah, yeah. there's just a lot of like really inventive stuff and like use of hooks, I guess, that you don't hear on a lot of the other tracks on this album that I just like it's it's a nice it's nice to have and, and I know it like wasn't what they were aiming to do but it, it was kind of cool that it happened anyway uh, does anyone else have optimistic for anything I, I, it's a bit unorthodox but I, I want to bring something else up but I don't want to steal anyone else's thunder if they do because that jam at the end is yeah fucking when it all awesome. comes in yeah yeah when that little like cut and paste thing happens oh yeah very good good shit I- is that with the the guitar chicka chickas that part or the, no that's the, during at, a ver- oh. at the very very end so after everything fades out and you hear like kind of like the funky little like bass and drum with like queen guitar jam yeah that that, oh, that is that's, that's everything yeah okay. we're just I'm sort of I was, I was thinking about something right. else <laughs> yeah. yeah that shit's cool all right cool uh jim c jim c <laughs> favorite uh, song idiotech Yeah. All right. First line here. Immediately got super juiced when this started, <laughs> and uh, it's it's true. I mean, that song is is hot. Um, uh, and I mean, what is it? Is it in five four or something like that? Um, and yeah. but it's so groovy. Well, the, yeah, the the vocals and, are sung in five four or something like that. It's really yeah. It, it's very unconventional. Definitely throws you off. Yeah, and. I like that, and then so so it's built around a Paul Lansky sample, right? Some yeah. uh, like a is he a, he was a computer musician or something? He's still alive. Yeah, he is. Uh, there was basically a uh, compilation record put out that Johnny Greenwood got his hands on of just different experimental electronic composers of like the seventies and early eighties, something like that. So this was pulled off of that. Yeah, if I remember correctly from listening to it, like around the kid a time that that progression isn't really like representative of the whole the whole piece so it's really it's neat to me that he found this sort of like uncanny moment that's right it's so yeah, right yeah. for that song we have to really dig through like it's it's like an hour long piece or something isn't it <laughs> it's it's like 10 minutes 15 minutes something like that it's it's, it's, it's really there's long. enough to to work through to get that like 1.5 second yeah. snippet <laughs> and it was like originally built around a tristan chord which is which is kind of strange because that you know that's not very tuneful at all that chord <laughs> yeah something there was something uh, i was reading on the wiki they were trying to like emulate like a club kind of like you know uh Discotech. No, uh what, what for the idiots fuck did they say? <laughs> like like we're gonna damage your hearing kind of vibe to Excellent. it. Excellent. Uh well and it sounds very similar to the club bangers we hear today. Yeah. Because they're all in five four and yeah. they're all very just distorted kick now, drum. I'm and... with Jim C though. It's definitely a banger. I, I, yeah. I like I like that Agreed. beat. It slams. I, yeah. I wanna Video tech slams. I want to apologize for bringing five four into this because I'm I'm pretty sure it's six. Uh sorry guys. It might be. Yeah. I know Morning Bell is 5-4. Yeah, right. Mm. 
Jimmy S. What's your favorite I, song? Uh, my favorite song is How to Disappear Completely. Everything about this fucking song is just gorgeous. Yeah, uh, I love the like the kind of bass arpeggio uh, quarter note triplet thing that's happening. That's mm-hmm. pretty sick. Um, the violins, the washy guitar, uh, and then like this. I don't know if it's a minor third or a major third, but there's like this guitar, like ver- the verby s- guitar slide that happens. That's yeah, yeah, <laughs> really cool. My, my note for this song was how to have a B-flat note droning over a song in F-sharp minor. <laughs> Good yeah, shit. My, yeah, my first note is dissonant string note throughout. Do we like it? Uh, uh, I did. Yeah. yeah. I, I made a note about liking it. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I like it too. I'm, I'm into it now. Yeah, I love that song. That's one of those ones where like, you just want to kind of shut the lights off and lay on your couch and just pretend that Donald Trump isn't the president. And, <laughs> you know. at, um, at some point, if you get the chance, try to find a good quality live version of it from like 98 when they were on the OK Computer Tour. Oh, wow. The song was like 10 minutes long at that point. You know what is a great <laughs> live version and eerie as fuck? Like spinning plates. Not oh, on yeah. this album, but yeah. That, yeah, the, the live version the, the of that piano song. One. Yeah. yeah. So good. All right, cool. Quirpa. So yeah, I guess that means me, and I am going to pick the title song today. The opening one-two punch of this album is very much a mission statement, and Kid A for me is has a little bit more uh, a little bit more to bite into. Uh, there's some the piano part, like the well, quote-unquote piano part in it, is such an interesting melody mm-hmm. that it, I don't think Radiohead has done something that interesting before or since that's that listenable and that compelling. Uh, and it's pretty good to hear some actual like bass guitar after. Uh, everything in his everything in its right place. It's good to hear like kind of like a traditional instrument that someone in the band is known for playing. Uh, it's kind of like bringing you like it's, it's like a warm hug, welcoming you into this like sinister sort of song. Mm. And uh, those stick clicks are yeah. just great. Mm. I yeah I I gotta agree with you. The the one two punch uh, of the first two tracks of this album are like it just it, it really nails home the the sort of sentiment that they were trying to go for and and definitely like just a big fuck you to everyone who you know fucking loved okay computer it's just because it's just so it's just so like detached and you know not what you would expect from the first two tracks of like a major rock band to put out Uh, we'll see if muse can do this in it <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I had some notes for that. Uh, yeah, let's let's compare our. Uh, our <laughs> yeah, notes we were talking here. about this before that Jim and I, uh, Jim Schultz and I, both have uh, differing uh, 
fever dreams uh, related to this <laughs> song. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, like I, I just always pictured this like sort of robotic reptile alien guy uh, just sort of bouncing around. It's just ultimately creepy. Uh, imagine there's just like one lone alien robot guy, you know, referring to me as children, just me. <laughs> as, you know, but, just, but like referring to me as, come with me, my child. And like leading me, pathetically leading me through like the forest through some, you know, like, he wants to lead me to the secret garden, but he's like just tripping on shit along the way because he's a big doofus. <laughs> Hence the, you know, sort of jerky drum beat that happens. And then he finally, you know, reaches the garden and then his head just opens up and that's, you know, the <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to give you all a forewarning here. I'm going to get very, very dark and very depressing. <laughs> uh, so for some reason, this song has always the the mental image I get when I hear this song is this like futuristic children's hospital, um, <laughs> and it's nighttime and it's like the cancer child cancer ward of this hospital. I mean, so and, far I, I'm not seeing what you're talking about—the dark and depressing. And it's dark. And there are mobiles, like, hanging. There are creepy shadows on the wall. And the nurse is, like, this android. And that's what, you know, the, the process vocal so- sound is. And the, the android nurse is telling the kids to basically follow her to their death. <laughs> so it's it's sort of like the end of Toy Story 3 when they're all headed for the incinerator. But with, but they with all, kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. You got it. You it to meet. Did you guys ever see the uh, the TV commercials that were on around when Kid A came out? And then the rat, the rats are the experiment rats that you'd see in like a lab. Oh, I thought you were going to say at a children's hospital. You know the experimental rats that they keep around there. <laughs> no, they do. They experiment with the, the, the fucking cancer no, drugs they, on the they, rats. They milk them, and, and that's the milk that they give the children. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't I don't get it. Everyone loves rats, but they don't want to drink the rats' milk. <laughs> yeah. The um, so instead of doing traditional videos for this, they put out I think like. 20 commercials that were all like 30 seconds long that each had like a snippet very of the album. We remember this. Things. And the intro for Kid A, where you hear like the swooping and like the piano part coming in, it was just a scene on a snowy mountainside and it was like a poor animation of a body lying with blood around it <laughs> and another one kind of slowly walking away from it. And it was like 10 seconds long. And then it cut out and just said Radiohead and had like the smiling bear. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> so for me, it's always I just associate it with that. Cool. I think they should have just had the smiling bear with just like a question mark next to it, and that should have just been the the cover of the album. What is it? What is the background on the smiling bear? Did they? Is that explained anywhere? No, it's they, dead mouse. They call it <laughs> dead mouse. <laughs> All right, Jim C. Least favorite. <laughs> least favorite. Least favorite. Oh, I forget because I had to make it up. You skipped me. <laughs> Did I? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you just started talking. That's why. Yeah, Christopher, that's Christopher why. Christopher panicked because I started. Well, Jim, Jim started. Well, you know what, Jim, go shots. first. You're our guest. Go ahead. Aw. Aw. Um, uh, national Anthem. Yeah. My least favorite was National Anthem. Um, Get out. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just uh, it doesn't 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 speak to me. It doesn't bring me all the way there, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I have all these prejudices from back from back then, and I also have a bunch of happy associations with it. Like I played it with my with my like faux jazz trio, the Marxist Brothers, and nice. uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, great name. Oh, it was 
it was a pretty sweet band. We mostly did morphine covers. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> they were so good. Um, uh, but yeah, so the the sax player in the band, Kevin Corzette, like when 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 this came out, he just fucking flipped that there were saxophones on you know on this Radiohead album, and uh, and so 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 we had to play it. Um, I don't know. But now, I like- now I want to talk about why I like it. Okay, yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, the, that syncopated horn part is sick. It is. Yeah, yeah I, I imagine the Barry player like stomping through the floor. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. horns just have. The, I, I fucking love horns. They just have this like this sort of aggression to it that you that you don't get from other acoustic instruments. Um, mm-hmm. I, I fucking love when they just start farting at the end, the horns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it cracks me the fuck up every time. So, so, oh, sorry, continue. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before. I probably have because I think I have early Alzheimer's. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, Drinking too many aluminum can beers it's it's probably i've been trying to eat a lot of blueberries though to counteract <laughs> um, all the aluminum you've smoked over the years a friend of mine would he said that when he first uh, he saw some like vh1 radiohead thing and they were playing they were playing national anthem and he thought that <laughs> tom york was a deaf retarded guy because he's wearing no. the the in ear monitors, and they and he was like, "Oh man, that's really cool that like they're letting him do that and like conduct this like orchestra, and like oh, everybody no. everybody's just kind of doing their own thing and just making a bunch of noise." That's that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you for making me laugh at that. <laughs> hey, hey Patrick, what's your least favorite? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> uh, my least favorite was motion picture soundtrack. That song's just fucking boring. Whoa. That's all you got to say about that? I, that's all I have to say. I, uh, I, I don't listen to you it. You know what? Now is my fucking time to shine. Uh... I, my note for that was could be in a Disney film, and you want to know why? Because that was their fucking intention. Yep. <laughs> in the notes they wrote, they the wanted it to sound like a Disney 1950s song. like Disney song. Yep. Yeah, it, it didn't even do that for me. I, I I almost never even listened to this song. Whatever. Sorry, guys. All Sorry, right. Doug. I, I was stuck on the um, on the earlier live version, uh, the a- acoustic version, which. I liked uh, a lot. Thank you, Nabster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Sean Fanning, if you're listening, thanks for your work. Yep. Yep. Thanks, man. I, I don't think our listeners are going to understand what what the Napster is. What's a Sean Fanning? What's a Sean <laughs> Fanning? See, that's what mommies and daddies used <laughs> before we, YouTube. We did everything through Sean Fanning. Thanks. <laughs> oh right. man, I've got an embarrassing story about Napster. Um. Yes. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before I had a CD burner, uh, so I think one of the first songs I downloaded off, off of Napster was uh, "Beautiful Day" by U2. Yeah, no, that's that's the way it should be. <laughs> and uh, mine, I, was, mine was actually "Last Night in Bangkok" by Murray Head. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Not kidding. I, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. I Don't mean, it, it just took three days to download because I had shitty, you know. <laughs> 
shitty and, internet and connection. And because Murray Head was the only other person sharing it. Jim, go ahead. So I, I didn't have a CD Thanks, burner. Murray. All I had was like a cassette tape player. So I downloaded a bunch of songs, one of them being Beautiful Day by U2. And I had a, a, a talk boy that I got for Christmas. Oh, and sweet. I just put the talk boy up to the speaker, computer of the speaker, and I was recording. And my dad comes in. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> trying to record this. <laughs> My mixtape. Right, something about this doesn't add up. Like, Talkboys were 92 and Napster was like 99. No, I had, I still had it. Oh, you still had yeah. it? Like, I got it when I was, like, really young. Oh, but yeah. oh, you, you didn't get it recently. No, I'll talk... <laughs> you you I'll, held on to I'll it. I'll back you up on this, because Talkboys didn't become fun until you hit your teen years and started making music and stuff. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, one of my buddies growing up uh, had one, and we had we did the same thing. Like, so, we, I had a uh, I had a Singalodeon, which was that, like, karaoke machine. Yeah, it was the one that was given away as, like, prizes on Legends of the Hidden Temple and stuff yeah. like that. And now, yeah, now you can, you can get them at, like, a, a fucking... Uh, Salvation Army for like ten bucks, but there was uh, there was a re- like a a tape and a record onto tape function where you could like play yeah. them simultaneously, and technically you could fucking multitrack if you if you put a little elbow grease into it. Yeah, no, I, I used to do similar methods. I'm sure you did, Mister Smart. Jesus Pants. Christ, how the fuck old were you when you were downloading that song, <laughs> Mari Head? I was uh, like fourteen, fifteen. Jesus, I was a dork. <laughs> no, do you know just, me? Yeah, yeah no, on, it's man. just it's it's Patrick and I were both fucking listening to Dream Theater and getting up on our soapboxes to be like, no, everybody needs to listen to Dream Theater because they're fucking awesome. You just need to fucking listen. Why does right. anybody fucking understand? I mean, I, like, I never really saw the crossover between Murray Head fans and Dream Theater fans, but hey, I guess it exists. Well, like the problem is, like, if, I feel like you're you are the type of guy who who took music very seriously and you're very solemn and, and read your poetry, and I just like to download things that. <laughs> Crack me the fuck up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jim. Downloaded the Jerky Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> God. Patrick and I would have been best fucking friends in high school. Oh, my God. Seriously, we're best buds now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm, glad we, I'm glad this happened now. You know what? Better late than never. It's true. <laughs> is it what, is it my turn? Yeah. My least favorite song? Yeah. Uh, this was kind of hard, because I, I really do love everything on this album. Um, but I'm going to go with Idiotech. <laughs> Sorry, other Jim. It's all right. Um, just because I feel like it's the most overplayed song on the album. I've heard it a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, other than that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I really, as far as things I like about the song, I really do like the uh, kind of the vocal layering they did with that song. But, I mean... So Idiotech was the main single from this album? There were no singles. Yeah, they didn't right. think there were any singles. Optimistic, Optimistic was the one that was played on the radio, though. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I guess I, I don't really get what you mean by overplayed, then. It's probably the one that has stood the test th- of time That's the, the one most. that, like, where, like, you're at a party, and, like, you're talking about Banjo-like, and the fucking brood is like, oh, yeah, look at the Idiotech, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it's overrated. Uh, yeah. You're in my dorm room, and and, <laughs> and and Winamp has like five songs in it, and oh, four man, of them are oh, idiotech. Dude, you got the, you got the sick kid A skin. Oh, oh, Download shit. that shit. Whoa. Yeah. I, was, I, I wasn't hip enough for skins. I was all We're about the classic for, skin. Yeah. Yeah. I got a few skins. I, I had a few. I had an Alice Shades one that that was for dirt. I, I had a. I I I think I posted something recently or within the last couple of years, and I was like, ah. Oh. It's like kids today will never truly know what it means to whip the llama's ass. <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You never it used really to win whips it? the llama's ass. No, I was a Mac dude, man. 
Oh, oh wow! Fuck you. Yeah, when you uh, when you downloaded Winamp, it came with a little sample, and the first time you open it, it would go Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's Interesting, awesome. man. That just totally took me back let, to let me a sad can, place in 1997. <laughs> All right. So while while you look Carry for that, on. while you look for that, uh, my least favorite was optimistic. I think that was because it's the safest song on it. It's the most Radiohead song on it. And yeah. I understand that that was a crucial part of this, and I really like the song. It's just probably my least favorite in context. All right, fair enough. All right, I got it here. All right, let's see what we got. Winamp. It really whips the llama's ass. <laughs> From every direction. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, that was the extended version? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. From every direction. In <laughs> every hole. All right. All right, all right, we're done. <laughs> M- MVP moment, Patrick. <laughs> okay, uh, I kind of talked about this earlier The uh, in Kid A, where you know, I was talking about the little robot alien frog lizard guy uh, wandering through the forest, and he, he arrives at the secret garden. Which head, is now canon. Which is now canon, and his head opens Wasn't up. was that a movie from the 90s? Yes, I never watched Se- it. Secret Garden? Yeah. It was based on a book. Yeah. It was a book. I think it was based on before, a garden. Long before it was a movie. And then that book was based on a garden. And yeah. that garden <laughs> was based on know, a secret. I know all the, the yeah. all the chicks loved that movie. Yeah. Do you know the original secret, though? No. Uh, well, you're going to have to know that before you can get into the garden. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is that the boy's dying. Um, so my MVP moment... <laughs> uh, is is that, Johnny that, Depp in that movie... No, no, oh, no! It was like a Macaulay kid. Culkin. He dies no. in that one. No, it's not. It's not fucking. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not a uh, my girl. My no. girl. <laughs> or, or, or the good son. He dies in both. He's really good at dying. Did he die in Party Monster too? I don't know. I didn't Home see Alone it. three. Home Alone three. He didn't die. I, well, I, I think uh, he died. Out I don't think he was in it. Yeah, he 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 died off screen because he wasn't in it. <laughs> He's hanging off an iceberg and he freezes to death. Right? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, my MVP moment is the that fucking siren Patrick, at the end of that song. string. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, Jim, shut the fuck up. Okay, okay, okay I'm sorry. Uh, He's yeah, having a good time. I am having a good time. <laughs> He's got, got a my Miller light in his hand. <laughs> it's Miller time. No, I just really, I love that fucking siren at the end of... Uh, That like at the end of Kid A, it cracks me the fuck up yeah. every single time, and it just it, it's just so strange and like out of nowhere. I, I I remember like you know being on shrooms one time and listening to this album, and uh, like that fucking noise making me crack the fuck up in particular, <laughs> give you the giggles as, as they want to do. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was it. Sweet Jim MVP moment. MVP moment. Wait, which one? I fucking pointed at him. <laughs> For your listeners at home. (laughs) Yeah, the audience can't see that, Christopher. Oh, cool, yeah, it's going to make a big difference on their listening experience. Hey, Points at Jim Connolly. Jim, which is your... Jesus Christ, you're so hostile. Guys, knock, knock. (laughs) Who's there? Silly string. Interrupting Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. Move! (laughs) (laughs) You got it. Uh, 
Okay, the uh, fucking rad outro funk thing on Optimistic. Okay, sorry to it's steer so the good. thunder. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's fine. But but here's here's the thing. Here's where it really sealed the MVP deal is the transition into the uh, opening roads line or whatever on in limbo. Totally oh, necessary. So so good. Well, that's what I was talking about when. Okay, so uh, Christopher's version of Kid A that he has are actually like two little discs for some reason, <laughs> and uh, two little ten-inch discs. And uh, I found that the wax cylinders sound better than any of your modern compact discs. Diet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, and I remember like, okay, now now the track listing makes sense because Optimistic and this fucking song are on one side of the record, uh, and it absolutely needs to be. As do Idiotech and as do Idiotech and Morning Bell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, super essential that those songs blend one into the other, give you the old one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the first two tracks do. It's a lot of punch. A lot of, a lot of one-two punches on this. A lot of toe tappers. Yeah, uh, bangers on, and ballads. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's it's funny because I, I would say that um, Tree Fingers is probably one of the few points in it that doesn't have like a, a necessary intro or outro to it. Because national anthem leading into how to disappear completely is also very kind of one punchy. Yeah, very very true. I just want to say about tree fingers um, that I, I I listed it as fucking tree fingers because it's tree fingers. I wrote better than hunting bears. Oh yeah, better than hunting bears? Question mark. Bold. Oh. <laughs> Are you cheating, Nafi? No. Were you reading I couldn't notes? See- we couldn't. We couldn't see each other. It's that gym. It's that gym synergy. <laughs> the gym yeah, mind meld. So actually, before we get to Jim's MVP, I, I think we should probably talk about Tree Fingers a little bit more for a second. I will read my notes exactly as they are written for Tree Fingers. <clears throat> oh God, I got some notes too. A perfect soundscape. Patrick is eating during the quietest part of the album. <laughs> 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 He's getting up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Patrick hates Tree Fingers. <laughs> I don't hate Tree Fingers. He said, I don't, he said he wasn't taking a shit, but I know better. <laughs> <laughs> Musical, but not music per se. Uh, no, I was enhancing with my mastication noises I, uh, and the squirting for my urethra. I, I wrote, uh, uh, better than hunting bears. I feel like I'm at Epcot riding Spaceship Earth. I wrote, it's soft. I want it to play on loop as I'm dying. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jim, what's your MVP? Which one? The one that has not given an MVP so far. <laughs> that was a real logic puzzle oh, for you. Oh, God. Um, so my my MVP moment is uh, in How to Disappear Completely. The, there's like this seasickness moment where everything gets like fucking out of whack. But then it focuses and everything swells and it's just epic as yeah, fuck. You're talking about like when the band basically drops out yeah. and the strings are just right. kind of going crazy yep. and then, yeah. Yeah. That is a 
makes my hair part. stand up. At strobe lights, stro- yeah, at the line strobe lights, everything fucking yeah. swell, the strings swell. Yeah. Oh. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. are, are, you, are you guys out there as jazzed as, uh, as you should be listening you know to what? four aging millennials talk about fucking Kid A you know and how I it wanna, affected them? I want, <laughs> you know what? You could actually probably do this because you work together. I want, I want Christopher to just follow Patrick around for the day and just take notes on everything he's doing. And then, and then There's a lot of bathroom trips. <laughs> I got Crohn's. Yeah, I got a poop. Pat, um, Patrick is itching his knee. He's upset. He's uncomfortable. He sees me looking at him. He's mouthing the word what. I haven't blinked. Uh, my MVP moment is going to be in motion picture soundtrack, and it is going to be when the harps and the Disney vocals come in. They just nailed what they were going for there, and it's just fucking nice. It is nice. Okay, yeah, you're right. It is. Now that I remember. Uh, comparable album, Patrick. All right, uh, this is going to be a weird one. Uh, so I'm going with the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds. Interesting. Fair enough. Uh, I- for for a couple of different reasons. Uh, obviously, that was a uh, beat, uh, Pet Sounds was a like pretty big, uh, critical. Uh, critically acclaimed album for them uh, and sort of a sonic departure in a lot of ways, a uh, bigger focus on, on arrangement and like sort of making a complete album. Also, uh, this is really pathetic, uh, but I got into Kid A and Pet Sounds like around the same time uh, when I was like very sad. <laughs> uh, so it was just sort of a uh, like a perfect thing for uh Perfect companion piece to, to Kid A for me, I feel like, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, sonically, emotionally, just a sad dude just wanting to make music. And uh, maybe maybe not everyone quite understands it, but you're going to just keep chugging along, little dude. Just keep chugging along, little dude. Little pup, just keep pupping along. Keep it up, pup. Little pokey pup. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Connolly. Thank what you. Is, oh, me? Thank you for distinguishing. Why, yes. Uh, what would you give for a comparable album? All right. Um, this is another one where the comparability really comes from the chronology of my life as an <laughs> aging millennial, yeah. not aging then. Uh, yeah. So yesterday's new quintet, Angles Without Edges. Uh, do you guys know this this album? Um, the the uh, DJ Madlib um, not I'll, familiar, no. I'll, no, I'll, not familiar. Also, also known as Quasimodo. Well, that's one of his uh, his alter egos. Anyway, it's just um, it's it's hip uh, hip funk jazz hip hop uh, with no words, and it's groovy as fuck, and it has an ex- uh, experimental bent. And I found out about it on Audio Galaxy, which was like. Um, you know, like my wheelhouse at that time. Yeah. Uh, I learned about a lot of a lot of cool stuff um, uh, through that and Kazaa and Napster. <laughs> and I uh, I'm intent on turning this to the fucking technology and software of the time. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny that like you know so many of these these artists from the you know 80s and 90s from the old school the music industry that you know 
Napster and Kazaa like destroyed their lives, but it really enhanced our lives in a lot of ways. <laughs> it sure did. I think it did okay for for uh, for Radiohead. It made oh, me no, totally. made, made me uh, it it kept me engaged, like really engaged, listening to all their fucking B sides and stuff like that, and buying their albums and going to shows. I think I I mean you you gotta love that about being in the age of, of you know sort of streaming. We have just endless access to whatever the music we fucking want we really are uh we're fortunate and uh we we definitely have like eight legs up on our predecessors because of that and no one takes advantage of it <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you know who really got screwed by napster though it wasn't uh it wasn't like the youtube or the Radioheads or, <laughs> or or even little lars ulrich and his metallicas um yeah he had a sad sad christmas that year <laughs> he did he did sorry little lars <laughs> You won't be getting your bike this year. <laughs> because oh, somebody. Oh, Santa, Santa, I really wanted that bike. <laughs> well, sorry, because little Jimmy Schultz in Attleboro, Massachusetts downloaded I Disappear. <laughs> oh, Santa, that mean, does that mean I don't get the bike? I really wanted to get the bike because I really wanted to make James jealous. I probably did download that song, to be honest. And he probably <laughs> got the fucking bike anyway. Yeah, yeah probably. Probably got three of them. No, the people who really got screwed by that are uh, are bands like Your Stroke Nines. You remember that little black backpack song? No. Hmm. Actually, I do know um, um, that band that did the story of a girl. Oh, oh no! Yeah. no, that's a different band. So I'm just like oh, that fuck. ilk of band <laughs> in '99. That bil- that ilk of band that had like one song never got their second shot. They were like the Better Than Ezra's of their day. Better Than Ezra had multiple hits because they were allowed to have a few albums, whereas those bands were the ones who took the initial hit yeah, from the, uh, the labels. So not- Fuck them. I, I, yep. uh, I brought up the band uh, Shiner, uh, who was on... Uh, what's the name of that record label? Uh, we did uh, Emergency I, well, uh DeSoto. DeSoto, yeah. Uh, Shiner got fucked by all of that yeah. illegal downloading. Yeah, I mean, that's around that same... Time ninety nine two thousand. Sure is. I wish I could find that album on vinyl because I want to do that, but it doesn't exist. Uh, Dinkus Con. Uh, what's your uh, Dinkus Con? Yeah. What's your <laughs> What's your pick I want to go to that conference. <laughs> Dinkus Con. Dinkus Con. <laughs> Dingle Con. What's your uh, comparable Dingle album? Con. Um, I'm gonna go with Can's Tago Mago uh, because. Mm. Uh, it's actually referenced that uh, Can and Krautrock Rock in general kind of influenced a, a lot of this album. Yeah, sure uh, did. And uh, just a, I, I was kind of doing a little quick research here. Do you know how much Tago Mago, the original pressing on vinyl? Do you have any idea how much that thing is worth? So but it's a, it's a double album, isn't let's it? Do, let's do Price is Right rules. Christopher, how much do you think it's worth? One dollar. Patrick? Uh, I'm going to go with 80 I'm going to go with 120. The winner is Jim, uh, closest <laughs> without going over, $170. Wow. That's not that's not crazy actually. It's pretty fucking crazy. $170? Yeah. It's a double album, isn't it? Yeah, I think $170 so. $170 yeah. for an original pressing of something is not that crazy. I don't know. It seems Dude, crazy. go to Discogs and fucking look up, that's, like... That's where I got it from, that info from, Discogs. Yeah, no. Um, I Pretty soon we're going to so have... The copy of With Teeth that I have, the Nine Inch Nails album, I got that when it came out in 2004. That's appreciated to, like, 160 I think, um, actually, now that I think about it, I think uh, the original pressings of Anima are worth, like, a fucking grand. Yeah, those are super expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, can, can you even get 
uh, any of those anymore? Are they even available? Only used. Yeah, they're only used. Yeah, because yeah, I was looking to get a copy of Talk before they reissued it a few years ago, and it was like I could get a copy, but it would cost me like six hundred bucks. Jesus Christ. Um, cool. So for my comparable album, I'm gonna go with uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Fragile, uh, just because it was something I was listening to a lot at the same time. Uh, I was basically flipping back and forth between those two albums constantly. So yeah, they exist in the same headspace for me. All right, ratings on a scale of one to ten, integers only, no point whatever. We're not pitchfork. Mm-hmm. Patrick. All right. Uh, yeah, so I've kind of had an interesting journey with, with this album and and uh, this band in general. I really, like, like I said before, I was a fucking late bloomer to uh, getting into Radiohead. And I actually, I heard this album in its entirety when it came out uh, because uh, me and my family were taking a trip down to my uh, aunt and uncle's house for uh, Thanksgiving in Thanksgiving of 2000, so this was like a month after Kid A came out, you know, sure. on the way down to fill uh, to Pennsylvania to, to visit them for fucking Thanksgiving, and uh, my parents were like, "All right, kids, uh, why don't you each put on a album, you know, put on a CD that we can all listen to in the car together?" <laughs> and uh, my sister uh, Bridget, who, who's a couple of years older than me, uh, put on Kid A. Oh, here's a great one for the whole family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and like, I, I just remember my dad being like, well, at least she's not listening to those Backstreet Boys. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny. I, I think my pick uh, when, when we were listening uh, was King X's uh, Dog Man. <laughs> Really shows how far I've come, I guess. I didn't know if it was going to be the soundtrack from Chess. I, I will, you know, I will, I will disagree with you there. Uh, in in Progland, I fucking hate King's X. Yeah. I saw them open for Dream Theater, and I was like, these guys suck. Yeah, I, I totally get that. They're they're kind of wussies. Yeah. Uh, they're they're more into like the melodies than they like are doing anything like proggy or rhythmic. Boo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Boo indeed. Uh, so anyway, uh, long story short. Uh, I, I rediscovered this album years later, and uh, I've since kind of been, you know, every every time I listen to it, I like it a little more. Uh, I'm going to go with a nine, nine out of ten. Strong. Yeah. I, I was originally going to go with eight, but I think that this album just is, is fucking amazing. It's, you know, it's, it's an important record to, you know, people in our generation as I sort of... Uh, flippantly and snidely made uh, reference to, like, a couple minutes ago. <laughs> and... Yeah, I mean, it's just like kind of undeniable the sort of influence this record had on uh, sort of, you know, detaching the the sort of rock mythology from well, I mean, rock at, mu- music itself, and and that's you know something that I, I totally feel. Look at how many people fucking this album influenced. Like, look at how many fucking copycats there were after it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, they they had they already had fucking copycats after OK Computer yeah. to like spawn yet another genre off of so then their t- subsequent album is like pretty impressive tom york had to have another mental breakdown go jesus christ i just can't fucking get him away from me <laughs> just can't get him away from me in it <laughs> that's the secret to sounding british mumble in it at the end of every sentence <laughs> yeah jim good night everybody in it <laughs> <laughs> okay <clears throat> um when I first heard this album, um, it was in a, a communal setting, which sometimes happened around that time. Like, uh, we would go over my friend Kevin's house and we would listen to an album for the first time, or, you know, um, and hear it together. And that was like 
a really cool and groovy experience. Uh, and so, um, uh, it was a 10 at the time. Um, and I was all wrapped up in that album <clears throat> over the years dropped to, uh, to probably an eight, but hearing it now, listening again, uh, all the, all the detail, uh, uh, it's just, it's, it's so rich and, and, and generous at the same time as, you know, like people think of it as, this, uh, as detached and cold, which it is, but, um, there's so much there. I love it. Nine. Yeah. I, I, I would definitely have to agree. It's, it's weird how the detachment also uh, like makes it weirdly more intimate. Mm. Like it feels more real to, uh, to me than, than, you know, some of that more hard on your sleeve rock music that you hear, I guess. Well, and it's, it's obvious due to all the layers and all the details there that they really cared about what they were making and put a lot of effort into it, which I think makes it a little bit less cold by default. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. They, Tom, in uh, the wiki page, it says after they finished everything, Tom York posted that they were done and then he went and like frolicked in a field or some shit. <laughs> he was so happy. He said, I'm a- it's done. I'm happy. I really wish I'm gonna he- go walk in the park. I really wish he and Bjork would get together. Because that would and be like a, make that a would child. Be, that would Bjork not, not York. necessarily. It would just Bjork, be Bjork York. It would just be a power couple, but yeah, Bjork York could be pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, that, that's a fan fiction I will write in a heartbeat. Uh Jim. <laughs> Uh, so I came into Radiohead around the uh, Hail to the Thief era, uh, right when I was graduating the high schools. Uh, my friend Mike had made me a kind of multiple a, high schools. Yeah, <laughs> my friend Mike had made me like a, a mixed CD of a bunch of different Radiohead, and uh, actually, Optimistic was one of the one of the songs on that that I liked the most, and I think that kind of drove me into checking out Kid A, um, and it's. It's one of those albums I can throw on, and I love it every time. I mean, this one gets a 10. For me, it's definitely one of my top 10. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and as I said at the beginning, uh, this is... That's my first 10, I think, too. I think it's the first, probably, yeah. first 10 I've given. This is um, my favorite, probably my favorite album of all time. It's in the top five, and like I said, mood, season depending. Uh, it's, it's the one that's probably at the top most often. Yeah. Uh, I think that this is a perfect album. There's nothing I don't like on it. Uh, least favorite for me was just that it was least favorite uh there's nothing on it i don't like so that's a 10 for me as well yeah what is, I what, mean, is, what is it that you like the most i guess coming from you i'd like to hear that interesting i never really thought about it to be honest uh it's uh, something about it just spoke to me just spoke to me at the right age and i you know what it's i, I don't know it could be a, a nostalgia thing where it hit me at the right time uh it came out right as i went through like a really bad breakup and like I remember like just being like really fucking depressed and even though I owned this like via Napster I still went out to Circuit City to buy my co- physical copy of it and like listen yeah. to it in the parking lot in my car alone. <laughs> this was uh <laughs> and this, it was a great soundtrack for that This sort was kind of kinda, yeah. and, and, and not to sound kind of generic and boring but this was like I needed something different. And, yeah. and this was it. This was kind of like my my segue into uh, electronic music. I was like, you know, this is really cool. This is cool that like, you know, it, it still sounds organic even though it's it's electronic music. Uh, and then from there, like, I kind of 
migrated into the square pusher realm and got a little more, yeah. more a little more harder into more the obtuse. electronic stuff. Same. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think there's something for that too as well because I was getting into electronic music at the time, but it always felt like something that was inaccessible. So it's, this is almost like punk rock electronics, where right. it's like if these guys who were playing Britpop stuff a few years ago now can just like make this shift, then it's totally doable. I can do it too. Yeah. Right. I, and it, it's kind of interesting reading about Tom York saying that he, he was getting fed up with the mythology and, and the sort of, uh, you know, the cliché-ness of, of rock music. And I totally feel that, and I feel like every, you know, you know well-meaning musician sort of reaches that point where, where they, they, they just need something new. And uh, this is like a really, really good segue for that. I, th- I think the album has, has, like, huge value as... There's like a room of, of portals to, to, to different like potential interests. Yeah, right? Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. You know, like, so you got like 20th century classical type stuff, jazz, and uh, fucking the, the electronic stuff, and, and uh, ambient too, if, uh, if anyone really dug into to Tree Fingers and connected with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, a Love Supreme meets Laughing Stock meets Tago Mago, like, just like all, all these great fucking post-rock, jazz, uh, kraut records, all mixed into one. Right. Yeah, so uh, this ends up being another uh, strong showing. It's a 9.5. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's a very yeah, strong I mean, showing. And I think Bell Victorian. Up, I think <laughs> yeah. up, until, uh, up until Moonshape Pool, this was like, uh, I want to listen to Radiohead. Like, what should I put on? It's going to be good. Day. Lately, it's been Moonshape Pool just because it's the newest one, and I really dig that one, too. But Yeah, I... I I love this, and I like Amnesiac a lot, and it wasn't until Moonshape Pool that I really loved a Radiohead album again. Yeah. Uh, yeah I liked sure. everything in between, but I just I didn't love it. Right. I, I can get behind that. Uh, all right, cool. So, plugs. Patrick, what do you got coming up? Uh, what do I got coming up? Well, uh, we got the Bears for Years show coming up at the Gans on August 31st. Uh, Jim's going to be playing drums for that. Which one? Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, Jim Connolly? No. Yeah. Uh, Jim Schultz. <laughs> we'll be playing drums for that. Uh, it's, of course, the, the band uh, that me and my wife are in, Gina. And, uh, well, she, she, we were listening to the King Gizzard podcast the other day, and I mentioned that Bears for Years is my band, and she got really upset. Ooh. Uh, not really upset, but she, she did uh, spit on That's me. That's all right. <laughs> Christopher, Christopher did a podcast one time, and he mentioned Old Men Yet. Old men yell at Cloud, and he's like, "Yeah, it's a podcast I do with Patrick and some other folks." <laughs> <laughs> and all the rest. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, that was on a podcast with Patrick, as well. Not you. Oh. You weren't there, so it made sense in context. Uh, but you I know guess. what? I if- pulled over to the side of the highway and I <laughs> threw up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Bears for Years at the Cans uh, Irish Pub in Boston. That's happening on August thirty first. Uh, I'm also I'm I'm getting some shit together for a uh, new smelly yeah, pee. He's looking at me. Yeah. He's looking at me. Yeah, that should be pretty exciting. Uh, anyway, th- there'll be more details on that on Facebook. Uh, that's it. Well, <laughs> I'm I'm just uh, just now getting together my my band Banana Brownie, which is uh, an extension of solo stuff that I've done over the years. It's um, you know some some dope slowcore indie type stuff for that ass. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for no, that ass, for that ass, <laughs> it really whips the llama's ass. 
Um, uh, from yeah, all so, sides. <laughs> from all sides. That was that was new to me. Yeah, that was that yeah. was the extended cut. Yeah, yeah. That, I'd never heard that one either. Uh, we don't have any shows yet, um, but we will. So stay tuned. Imagine if the person who posted that added it themselves. Like they did a really good imitation. They're like. I can Mandela affect everyone. <laughs> I can make them think that this was always there. I know. I really think that there was just an extended cut where he just kept going and like, they're the, like, all right, we, the engineers we, we like, put that in there. All right, hey, no, 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 stop. <laughs> Man, he just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, llamas don't have that. No, they don't have four. They don't have that many holes, okay? So what you're, many what you're holes. Saying, <laughs> what, you're, what you're describing is physically impossible, sir. Interesting. So I just looked up my uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos that was showing one of my favorite things from my childhood, uh, which was uh, in the DuckTales cartoon. They referred to Donald Duck as Seaman Duck. <laughs> and it's no longer on YouTube, but someone had made a video of this at one point, and uh, Danielle and Owen and a bunch of other people can back me up on this because they've seen it as well. Someone filmed a compilation of this with a camera pointed at their TV. So it's just like you see his like commanding officer come out, he's like, Where is Seaman Duck? And then like it cuts to another episode, he's like, Seaman Duck? And then it cuts to another one, and it keeps going on and on. And then it gets weird. Because it's <laughs> then it weird, gets weird. Yeah, then it gets weird. Because like it's sort of focused on the TV for another scene where that's not talking about Seaman Duck, and it pans away and shows you their living room. And it is just a mess. There's just like clothing and blankets and like food and like there's just stuff all over the place. And then it cuts back to more semen duck. <laughs> so it was like a crack house. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so my, my reverend back in Sunday school told me that uh, he told me I was a bad person for liking Donald Duck because he doesn't wear pants. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Yeah. He didn't. They, yeah, he did. No. <laughs> not really. No. <laughs> So I, I shouldn't have tugged at that thread. <laughs> hey, don't touch the string. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what, what you got? Oh, man. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm posting my drum clip a day. <laughs> trying to get people to like me. Uh, at Metadrummer, M-E-T-A-D-R-U-M-M-E-R. Also, I'm playing drums with Patrick and Bears for Years. And uh, I'll keep the other little surprise to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, gonna let me do something. He's <laughs> gonna let me do something. He's gonna let me do something I've wanted to do for a while. All right, that's that's not at all horrifying. Really whips the wobbles ass. <laughs> <laughs> now it involves old songs that need to be redone. So. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't have shit going on. Um. Cool. So uh, I think that'll do it for us here. Uh, Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. And yeah, uh, this is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, until next time, uh, I am Christopher. I'm Patrick. Hi, Jim. And we'll uh, yeah, yeah, see you in hell. I got a shirt now. <laughs> <laughs>
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.